The tabernacle is how God portrays spiritual reality. If you read like Hebrews 8, 5, in fact, let's go to Hebrews because instead of talking about it, let's do it. In Hebrews chapter 8, so you go all the way, you're in John, go to the right. In Hebrews chapter 8, it's a long one, it has 13 chapters. If you turn, it's big. But verse 5, it says, who serve the copy and the shadow of the heavenly things. The people that were in the tabernacle were serving, that were in that tent, were just serving a copy that means there's the real one there. This is just a copy. And a shadow. It means everything there was, was mirroring something else. It was a shadow. The reality was here, and all those objects were just a shadow of the reality. Wow. That's amazing. As Moses was divinely instructed when he was about to make the tabernacle, for he said, see that you make all things according to the pattern shown you on the mountain. So what, what Moses got to see in Matthew 25, 9 and 40 was what's in heaven. Now still, that's comfortably in the past. But in a moment we're going to see, and tonight is even about that, that all of the judgments of the tribulation, all of the events of the end of the world are emanating from the heavenly temple. And if you don't understand this thing, you don't even understand what's going on, how God is collecting all the prayers of all the saints and he is answering them in his perfect time from the heavenly temple, the heavenly golden altar, the heavenly censers, the heavenly incense, the heavenly throne of God that is right there in the book of Revelation, 16 times described. Wow, it's amazing. Keep going to chapter 9, verse 23. For it was necessary that the copies, I'm in Hebrews 9, 23, the copies of those things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things with better sacrifices than these. Verse 24, for Christ has not entered the holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true, but into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us. All that was going on here is only a shadow and a, a, a representation of what is going on there. But for us to understand what is going on there, God gave us something we can see and understand. This is a big topic. The tabernacle is how God portrays spiritual reality. Now, I mean, if you want just a quickie of it, uh, you know what's so interesting? I could tell you, I could talk about the tabernacle for a long time. Probably you could too. It's 300 feet in circumference. That's interesting. It's 150 on each side, 75 on top and bottom. So what? 300 feet. What else was 300 feet? The ark. Is an, the length of the ark is 300 feet. Did you know that the ark is a picture of God's mercy toward us in Christ? One door. The ark had one door. The central object, in fact, the tallest object in the tabernacle, the brazen altar, it's the tallest piece of furniture. It's what, when you walked in the door, what you could see. That is the center, the cross of Christ, the, the sacrifice where Jesus became sin. Then, the cleansing. So the doctrine of salvation, the doctrine of redemption, the doctrine of sanctification, the cleansing, the, the getting closer to God. Then comes this, this part that's a two-part, two-chambered tent. This is the holy of holies, and this is the holy place. And this had three objects in it, which spoke of the illumination, the feeding, and the intercession of Christ. And then this had two parts, the lid and the bottom of the Ark of the Covenant, which spoke of the, the 
In fact, when Paul was trying to describe salvation in, in Romans chapter 3, he took the word for the top of the ark, hilasterion, that, that Jesus Christ is the atoning sacrifice, the propitiation. He is the mercy seat. He is the one that covers our sins with his blood and removes them so that God's wrath will not forever be on us. So Paul, in Romans 3, couldn't even describe salvation without using a, a tabernacle temple term from the sacrifices. And so this is spiritual reality. Everyone is born outside the tent. There's only one door to the tent. There's only one entrance to God. There are not many. You couldn't crawl under. You couldn't jump over. You couldn't be so good that you could just walk through. You had to come through the one door, and you had to come with the right attitude. You had to come bearing a, a substitute, an innocent substitute. And you came through that door and handed it to the priest who offered it in your place, which is what Jesus did. And then, did you know most believers are stuck here? They're saved but they're not continuously sanctified. They know they're saved, and they're in no man's land, right there. And that is the life that is neglecting the, the, the sanctifying work of God, the personal sanctification, and, and the agreement with what God wants to do. And then this is how Christ ministers to us. So remember it said when we read at the beginning, the word became flesh and tabernacled among us. Just for example, the seven I am's of Christ parallel. Jesus said, I am the door. I am the light like the menorah. I'm the bread of life that will satisfy you. If you abide in me, whatever you ask will be done. That's the vine and us abiding in him. He's the resurrection and the life the way, the truth, and the life, and the good shepherd, all to do with his new covenant promises that speak of the Ark of the Covenant, which means he protects us from God's wrath, he bore our sins, he intercedes, he feeds, he lights, and he guards us forever because the shepherd is laying in the doorway. And he said, no one can get to you without me. You came in through me, no one can get to you without me. You are forever secure, you are forever walking in the light, my light, I will feed you and satisfy you. I ever lived to intercede for you. I bore your sins. My blood covers so God's wrath will never impact you. The tabernacle illustrates our salvation that's offered us in Christ. And basically every element, but the first one is really neat, the gate of the tabernacle is Christ inviting us, the altar is him saving us, the laver is him sanctifying us, the holy place is him serving us, and the holy of holies is Christ securing us. And this is the neatest one. 30-foot wide gate is Christ saying, come to me. Now back to the beginning. If you're hungry, he says, come to me, I'll satisfy you even more. If you're sick and not hungry, he says, come to me. I will heal your sin-sick soul. No matter how many steps, how many days and weeks and months you've walked away from me, it's one step back and you'll be right back in front of my face and I will bless and pour out my love upon you and grace upon grace. And if you are dead this morning, don't know Christ, he's, he's inviting that 30-foot wide doorway saying, come to me while you hear my voice.